Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ohio Mina Sun. What's up, weaves and casuals alike? We're Baca and Company, and we're here to provide you with a deep dive into all the random anime shows and movies that we find interesting. We'll talk about both new and old, good and bad, and everything in between. On this episode, we have myself, the sailor of the giant moon, Drew Tendo 64, and the mysterious man from Atlantis, it's magically average. I will find you, and I will steal you <laughs> back and trap you in a bubble. Uh, and today we will be talking about Ponyo and to a lesser extent, Ham. Um, Ham! <laughs> from Studio Ghibli, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. But for a dive too deep into that, uh, what's going on, Magically Average? What's new? Not much. Life is being lifey right now. We, uh, Frank and I, we don't have Frank today. He is is doing adult things and is moving currently. So, uh, we are we are down one hot dog. But <laughs> uh, I we were on our Baca Bites podcast on Monday. We we're talking about how. Uh, summer sucks <laughs> when you're an adult. Summer's no no bueno. It's uh, it's a time when, as a kid, you used to get out of school and be able to be free and do whatever you want and like go to the water park, go to theme parks, hang out with your buddies all the time. And now, as an adult, you're just like, man, I still go to work every day, <laughs> and it's hot. <laughs> like, and like it's gross. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's like no upside. Like for me, I'm like I I golf in the summer, but outside of that, I'm like, man, give me fall, give me like 55 degrees so I can wear my flannel. Give me football. Give me like the the fall and wintertime snacks and goodies and stuff. Like I want to drink hot drinks again. Is that so much to ask for, Drew? To drink hot drinks again? No. 
No, you could you could still do it. You just have to crank yeah. your AC and, and pay for it. But yeah, exactly. Like no, I'm, I'm not, I'm I'm not going there. to Starbucks and getting like a hot coffee. I'm I'm getting something ice because <laughs> I don't want to sweat as much as I already do <laughs> after pounding a <laughs> hot coffee. But yeah, but no, I mean everything else is going going pretty good. What about yourself, Mister? In your 2D <laughs> plane, what's going on there? Um, I want to say I'm in the same boat with you because I really like fall. I like the crunchy leaves. I like being Halloween. I don't know, like in giant pillow blanket forts, watching movies. Oh yes, a good time. So yeah, I'm I'm very into that as well. Uh, where I'm located, I'm kind of in a spot where either weather is perfectly fine or it's god awful. So there's no yeah. real safe in between. Yeah. Um, and and I can't agree with you more about the kids like my significant others uh in the uh teaching profession so (laughs) hearing all the fun stuff about back to school just reminds me about how close summer is ending and oh my gosh yeah you're like in the thick of it the fact that that your your significant other is in the education system yes you're you're very well in tuned with uh when school's back in session i bet you have like the countdown clock like, yeah, we have, well, we have a calendar and it's like X number <laughs> like of days until, yeah, <laughs> yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Or even during the school year, it's like uh, this many days till break or this many days till holidays. And it's just a never ending <laughs> cycle. But I, I want to say my summer has been decent. I um, I wanted to go to some more conventions, but I want to also support people on strike. So I don't want to, I don't know, yeah. pay pay someone to sign something when I know some people yeah. should be getting a better share of the business. So I'm yeah. just, I'm torn between cause I, I have a friend offering me tickets to go to a convention coming up and I'm like, I, I don't know. And the, the, I, now that you said that I actually went to a convention last weekend and I met, nice. I met, um, uh, Bryson Bagus, who is a voice actor for like Bell Cornell and Falco from uh, Attack on Titan, and oh, cool. a couple other big characters, um, and then I met Kira Buckland, who is the voice actor for Jolene and uh, Mits. What the hell is her name from Demon Slayer? Is it Mitsuri? That doesn't sound right. Maybe it is. Oh, the Cotton Candy girl. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met her wow. too. And I, I, I feel bad because I'm like, I didn't even think twice about the SAG after strike. Oopsie poopsie. But it's, they were wonderful like, people, though. Exactly. Like, I'll, I'll support the people, but I'll. Yeah, Mystery, you're right. Um, okay. I, I know, well, I know they, me some anime. <laughs> on Behind the Voice Actors, uh, they have a picture of her for her role, but she's dressed up as Tubi. So that's. Oh. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, like, just make choices. That's all I'm saying is people like if you know where your money's going and you're you're aware of the issues, by all means, like I'm 90 percent sure I'm going to Fan Expo just so I can meet um, the voice actor for Optimus Prime. Oh, there you go. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, for all you out there, support, support, support the actors. Don't support the companies. Yeah, they're bad. But yeah, it was it was a pleasure meeting them. But yeah, yeah. And uh, I realized, too, in the summer that there's snotty-ass kids everywhere, too. And there was oh, the same thing at conventions. I know. 
And then we watched a movie about two snotty-ass kids. What is this movie about, Drew? Well, Ponyo, for all of those who, for whatever reason, have not watched this beautifully artistic masterpiece. Honestly, yeah. From the ones, the onlys, the Studio Ghibli's. Uh, It was another one directed by Hayao Miyazaki, so it's always refreshing to see his work actually pay off in, in my respects for this one, because we've kind of picked him apart as a director and said his storyboarding needs things to be desired. But Ponyo, in my mind, beautiful. So long and short of it is it's the Little Mermaid, but in Japan. So Ponyo's a goldfish and she's kind of lives with, oh, what's his name? Liam Neeson. Fujimoto. Uh, (laughs) Fujimoto, who's her dad. He's kind of the balance of the seas. He uses magic and these potions to kind of breathe life into the ocean and make sure things stay the way they are. Um, We see very early that Ponyo's curious and she's got more magic than the other goldfish sisters that she has. So she hops on a jellyfish, see the outside world. And very early, I did also appreciate the stance they took on environmentalism in this film because they do show how rough and dirty and despicable we are treating the oceans. So... If you're listening to this, please make better choices in what you purchase and what you do with those purchases when they're done, um, whether that be recycling, upcycling, or reusing. Um, so she goes on the jellyfish and she meets Sosuke, who is this little boy who lives in a beautiful cottage by the sea. Um, and during that whole part where she's actually on her way to meet him is a very interestingly animated opening sequence that i thought was very beautiful mm-hmm. and if you've listened to Baka podcast enough you know how much of a sucker i am for background art and well done animation cells so essentially this movie is the movie that was made for me uh-huh. yeah this is like the epitome of your interests in <laughs> in terms of like background art and and animation style and everything like this is picturesque at times <laughs> And then just to not get too heavy into the plot without ruining anything and everything for everyone, Sosuke cuts his finger when he breaks Ponyo out of a cup. She gets stuck in a little glass jar. She licks his blood. Somehow that makes her magic able to take on human form that we find out later on. But she becomes his best friend and the movie kind of carries on from there. But And she fucking loves ham. Yes. So we're treated to another, like, I think if Ghibli stopped doing animated films and just did trailers for food companies, they'd make more than (laughs) enough money. Like this plain ass ramen that they make later on, just with like ham and eggs and fresh onions. So it looks phenomenal. But when Ponyo just eats the sandwich, like the, the way he pulls the bread off you, like it actually tears. It's like, I think they spent some amount of time researching how bread peels apart to actually animate that, which was cool. Yeah. And they also, um, <clears throat> when he pulls the bread off and tries to feed it to her as when she's in goldfish form. Yes. Um, she's like, no. And then he's like, oh, maybe some ham. And instead of ripping it, because if any of you have eaten like deli bought ham slices, you'll know that they don't tear that easily, depending on the type of ham you get. But like. This shit was, like, thick as fuck. So he had, like, he bit it and then, like, took out a piece and, like, was going to give it to her. And then she just stole the whole thing. And I think the funny part that happens there is, like, half of it, like, his mom is obviously, she's focused on 
beating the top speed on Mount Akina there. And, Did you? and like, <laughs> can we, yeah, finish your thought, but then I want to talk about that. Cause I, there's so many things. Yeah. Continue though. Well, cause we, when we get introduced to Sosuke, we know he's a younger kid, but like she's, she, the mom says he's like five. Yeah. So he's five. in my experience, being the older brother and listening to the five-year-old in the car, the mom's doing the exact real thing. And she's played by Tina Fey. Um, is is saying like yeah that's great honey like that's wonderful and now i have a dog barking one oh, there's second a, there's a Sorry, pepperoni everybody. yeah he's out there um but basically she's like yeah that's great honey like I, i'm happy she likes ham and then continues just to just, drive and yeah, have the conversation complete ignoring yeah the the best part about the mom that like she's fantastic character i love her i love most of the characters in this movie but my most favorite thing about her is the fact that she drives like <laughs> a, like a, what is the, what is the type of racing called? It's not like off-roading. No, it's, it's um, like, like, Oh, rally car. Yeah. Rally car. Yes. Thank you. She drives as if every single time she steps in the car, <laughs> it's a rally car race. Like she tears ass around this mountainside. It, like it is so funny to watch the, the, my favorite scene uh, I think just animation wise, and it's probably one of the more iconic scenes in the entire movie too, is when um, Ponyo, I guess spoilers at this point now moving for forward, um, Ponyo becomes like her human chicken form and escapes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like with, with, that's like when all of the, the sea creatures go into the uh, elixir of, life well i don't know they don't really go yeah. into too much detail about that but it's the the way that fujimoto keeps the th the world the sea in balance with the world and she goes in there and like becomes this all-powerful being <laughs> for like a split second and then all these fish turn gold and shoot her out <laughs> but as they as she travels back to sosuke like the waters become like crazy torrential giant fish are shooting out and becoming like these big waves and she's running on top of them like a huge basically tsunami is coming in to hit their seaside town and <laughs> sosuke's mom is like all right we gotta leave there's already like a foot of water on the ground and she just peels out of the retirement home she's driving across and <laughs> they get stopped where the the boat stock in because the water's already like way above where cars can drive and they're like you're not gonna make it and this chick waits till the tide goes in and then floors it right before this huge wave hits. And then at that point, it's just gunning it straight home <laughs> up the mountainside. Waves are crashing in behind her. Ponyo's chasing them basically with all these waves because she doesn't know what's better. She's just like, hey, it's Sosuke. Giant fish waves are shooting out. She's just gearing it across the turns. Like hold holding on to him too, because the motherfucker's like looking backwards trying to find Ponyo, and like at one point they get out because Sosuke's like, "Mom, a girl fell under the water." And she's like, "Oh, okay, hang on." Sosuke almost gets yeeted off the mountainside by a gust of wind, grabs him, throws his ass back in the car, and then continues to peel out. Like that whole, and she took it in stride too. At no point. Was she like ever worried or concerned? It was basically like this was just another walk in the park for her. Like this was just business as usual. <laughs> Meanwhile, I would be shitting bricks 
like the moment that I saw a wave come over and hit the roadside, I'd be like, nope, well, we're going to hunker down and hope for the best, kids. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, and, she's wonderful. And just the whole, like, like she's the power mom archetype where she's very sure of herself, what? she's very sure of her skills, and then yeah, when, uh, like, because uh, his dad, uh, Sosuke's dad works as a captain on one of the merchant vessels, in is it a merchant or marine vessel? I thought it was marine. a. Well, is it marine? He's he's doing something on a boat. Yeah, I thought he was like one of the like a in some uh, uh, arm of the military force. Oh, I thought I thought he was in in the maybe, marines, maybe. but I I could be wrong. I could be wrong as well. We'll see. I don't know. They don't um, go into detail of him. He's yeah, a dead, they kind he's of a just, deadbeat. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they do the. He's like, oh, there's dad out in the bay. Like, let's signal him as he passes by. Yes. And Sosuke being like the innocent boy that he is, is just like, oh, mom's mom's mad at dad. And he like messages him. He's like, hi, dad. How are you? And then his dad's like messaging back. I'm so sorry. I'm so very sorry. Yeah. Tell your Please. mom I love, I love tell you, you yeah. and her. And then the English translation doesn't do it justice. But <laughs> what she starts signing back as Baka and just like over and over and over and over and just like constantly. Yeah. And then like his last message well, is like, I love you. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and we should, we should ex explain too. So like it's, it's through like a, a light panel that has flaps on it. So yeah, they, they're the doing Morse it. In, yeah. They're doing it in Morse code to each other. So yeah. Like, so she's originally the whole scene starts with like, she's going to make a dinner. Everything's going well. Cause dad's coming home. Sosuke yeah. answers the phone. Dad's going on another leg of his his routine she gets pissed completely stops making dinner opens up a giant can of beer and then next scene is her <laughs> lying on the ground feet up in the air and and sosuke's got his little captain's hat on waiting for dad to to do morse code conversations with but yeah he's like sosuke's like dad said he loves you and, and, and he he's sorry she bounces up and at the speed of light just in English translation, it says bug off. I just, I was hoping that it just said fuck off the whole time. Like, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Because <laughs> she's, she's doing it. At, like, I can't even imagine how fast you'd have to be able to read that because it was coming in at the speed of fucking sound. It's like, like Evo tournament ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's got the fucking arcade panel pad down, just hitting the wombo combos each and every turn. <laughs> like, the, it was so funny. Uh, but I wanted to make a comment, too, because you said, like, the, the, Sosuke's mom is, like, the powerhouse. She's the stalwart character. Nothing can phase her. Um, not that, like, she's a, a mama bear. Like, she's not, like, overly protective by any means, but right. she's she's very grounded and, and stays level-headed. Um, but I would argue <laughs> that the entire fucking town is that way because... Uh, when Ponyo joins Sosuke and the the ocean becomes imbalanced due to the fact that she is now like carrying this huge magical power that's driving all of these ancient sea creatures out and the waters are rising and there's going to be like this evolution into a, in a new age. And by new age, I mean the old age is returning. Weirdness. Um, at one point... <laughs> They, they wake up the next day because Sosuke's mom left to go help out the retirement home. They wake up and there is water at their 
a sliding door at their house. To put in perspective, though, their house was on the highest point of the mountainside or cliffside of this town. So everyone has drowned. <laughs> yep. Everyone has died. Just kidding. Everyone took it in stride, got on their boats, and was just like, yeah, this is life now. Because the last like sequence of events that takes place in the movie is, is Ponyo and Sosuke on, on his little boat that she grows with her magical powers, uh, driving to find Sosuke's mom, and eventually that leads him to Fujimoto and the ending sequence that we'll touch on in a little bit. But like they come across like this family that just looks like they're out on like a leisurely paddle through the water, you know? And they're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> this is life. They come across the whole town that's been rescued by the military and they're all taking them to this hotel that somehow survived. Like, yeah, everyone's cool with it. Like, no one's worried. Like, like fuck, that's my life savings down there. <laughs> it's literally just down there. It's in the water. It's floating. Like, no one is upset. No one is panicking. Everyone's just like, ah, you know, we were. it was bound to happen at some point. Ah, and I'm just, I'm watching fault. it like, how? They're like, there's... There's one character, there's one singular character in this entire movie that that acts in that manner, and it is the old lady at the retirement home that's kind of like the... She, she She's the really cranky one. We're just going to say it. She's she's kind of the, the cranky bitch that no one wants to talk to or interact with at the retirement home. You know? She's the old bat that you're just like, eh, shut up. No one wants to hear oh, it. Oh, yeah. She's the one voiced by Lily Tomlin, right? Yoshi? Yeah. Or not Yoshi, Toki. Toki. Yeah, yeah, Toki. Because Yoshi, again, is another old lady in this house, and she's voiced by Betty White. Yeah. We haven't even gotten into the voice but, actors yeah, for this movie, so. uh, which they're all, like, insane. But um, Again, it's a, it's a powerhouse for no reason. Like, Disney, whenever they bring these over, for some reason, decides to... Well, it, it's... Frank and I talked about it before too. It's like it's that whole phenomenon. I think we talked about it the last time when we yeah uh, we did we did Princess Mononoke. Yeah, it's just it's just basically to be like I voiced a character in a Studio Ghibli Ghibli film. Like, not many people can say that. That's pretty fucking cool. That is honestly pretty yeah. fucking cool. But like, yeah, that 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 <laughs> the the fortitude of this town to just stay calm when the ocean has risen like hundreds of feet in a matter of like a half a day, I'm just like, Hmm, you would think one person, <laughs> like just one would be like, something's, something's fishy here. Uh, pun intended. Um, it just, no one is. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess everyone's just calm, cool, collected. Cool. I would be the one lone person that would probably die because I'd be the one that panics and freaks out. So good to know. Well, I think, <laughs> I don't know. I tried to be the level-headed person in a lot of like intense situations, but watching essentially my home become <laughs> an aquarium. Like <laughs> yeah. when, when they, when Ponyo uses her magic to make the little steamboat bigger, and they start cruising over everything, and, like, the water's crystal clear. They can see the jellyfish. They're watching, like, schools of fish use the roads and stop at the signs and turn left and all that jazz. But um, that scene kills me. My my <laughs> wife and I watched it. <laughs> and 
Yeah. The, to not to interrupt you or anything, but we should no, no. we should point out the fact that at that that point during this this I guess we'll say this is probably Act Three. It has to be Act Three. Yeah, yeah. Um, of the movie, uh, there are ancient sea creatures that are showing up, and these things are fucking terrifying. Like, yeah, they're monster hunter monsters. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're they are sea creatures from the depths of hell, like the ninth circle of hell that have just risen. And the two of them are in the boat. Like, I know that one from my books. That's Decalopothetus side. And that one's Dodecahedron tide. And I'm like, they're like five feet below you. How are you not freaking out? That thing's got teeth. That thing looks like if you <laughs> mold, like merge a dinosaur and some terrifying other sea creature together mixed with alligator. Like that, that shit is scary. How are you guys staying so calm? <laughs> but, um, but the scene that kills us is that when they are doing like the panning shots of all of the sea critters doing their thing, <laughs> these giant fish things like go single file line on the road and follow the rules of the road like they like one <laughs> stops at the stop side to let the other come in they're all just going down the way <laughs> just all in perfect order it kills us every time, time. <laughs> it kills us every time uh but it, like joking aside and everything i i will to get to get serious about the this part of the movie um i love the fact that there is a very subtle but uh very blatant juxtaposition of the life of the sea as the movie progresses. Because when we're first introduced to Fujimoto, it's like the very first scene and it's just this dude in the water with like a weird ship. And there's these bunch of like ancient creatures. You see like these cephalopods, all those really creepy fish kind of floating around a ship. And you're like, Whoa, this is kind of insane. Like you don't, those don't look natural or normal. Um, and then in the first scene with Sosuke, you see like, you know, your regular fish, like your minnows, your crustaceans, um, some larger fish, but they're all like, you know, pretty standard. Um, yeah. As the sea becomes more imbalanced, you see like the slow progression of these ancient creatures emerging to the point where now, like in, in the act three part, it's like the sea is just full of them. Like it's, it's a complete shift in the creatures and so it's like you can you can see the ties to the initial scene where they're like hey this god of the sea you know this man that's that's helping to keep the world in balance like this is the reason as to why when there's an imbalance the sea can create these basically prehistoric primordial beings again and you can see the connection, right? It's not like a weird, like, what the fuck's happening? Why? What are what are these things? It's like, oh, no, we saw it at the beginning. It all makes sense. It's an imbalance. Like, we, we, we're not just hearing it. We're also seeing it in action. Cool. That's something that I feel like had been missing in a lot of the previous uh, Miyazaki films that we had watched. Like, um, Princess Mononoke was the most recent one we watched. And I feel like they're, part of our conversation with the, for that one was like, you didn't see these events taking place. You just sort of heard characters talk about it. And so it didn't give it any like breath or meaning to the story. But like with Ponyo, you actually can see it. There's that progression from the very beginning 
when you're introduced to all these different elements. And granted, like, they don't go into details on what liquid he, Fujimoto, consumes to get his powers and what this green well of goo contains and why, like, no human life or no life can get near this, you know, because it could cause, cause an imbalance. It just sort of happens. Like, there's still a little bit of gaps, but there's a lot of inferences you can develop on your own and then see in action when this the movie goes on where you're like, okay, it's giving weight now to what I was originally thinking and feeling and, and hearing. I can now actually see it. So I think that was a, that's a key aspect to why I feel like this Ponyo is a bit stronger. And, it, and I mean, it could be just, you know, it's came out in 2008. There's been plenty of other movies under Miyazaki's belt at this point. You know, it's, being adapted more in the United States now. So there's the drive to actually like have a coherent storyline, not just something that's pretty Make it marketable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at this point it's like, okay, you have like, we were talking like finding Nemo, another sea creature movie that looked beautiful when it came out 2003 folks out there listening. Uh, if you want to feel old, yeah, that movie came out in 2003. So yeah. Um, being pretty was not, the only thing that could drive your movie now, you had to actually have a coherent storyline. And I feel like Ponyo was probably the first one that, that translated well from its Japanese origin in, in, in cinema to the screens here in the United States. Um, and I think in part it's just due to the fact that, obviously, again, just more experience, uh, whether it was better storyboarding or, or what have you. Um, you know, again, a very straightforward we'll say plot nothing too too chaotic they could get into yeah um, it was it was a very point a to point b yeah yeah but the it was plot, um but it, it was, was entertaining fun, yes yeah yeah it was entertaining the characters made everything come to life you know even like ponyo wasn't the only one just being loud and crazy as she was like there are plenty of other characters that helped drive it along too um but to what you were saying earlier though the animation i think definitely carried a big part of the movie because it's just it's like insanely beautiful ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And it's, there's, there's points where you see, like, the characters are, wow, my mouth isn't even moving while I'm talking. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> it happens to the best of us. Um, so what really stuck out for me was that backgrounds were backgrounds and characters were characters. Mm-hmm. So there, there wasn't really a meld to it sometimes because even in Mononoke, certain backgrounds at certain points did look kind of melded to the same art style or color palette or in some way the the characters looked like they were being animated in the background and not the traditional sense where yeah like usually anime characters are in a cell separate from the background the background's moved in place and then the character's put in the cell picture taken and then so on to create animation so when they did ponyo they made that very clear distinction and all of the backgrounds in this movie could probably stand on their own because they're so well done. Everything has very much a heart to it. Places look like they're well-traveled. There's tire tracks. There's marks from the boat scraping over the road in the one scene, or there's like their town looks lived in. Mm-hmm. It's not sterile and clean and like free of debris. Like, we see garbage, we see overgrown bushes, we see everything that can really exist in the real world in, in Ponyo's world, and it makes it feel like an escape because that's that's really what I, I like about a lot of the Ghibli films is that they are an escape. It does, like, although it's only an hour and a half in some cases, it does take you completely out of it. And you feel like you're you're experiencing this world along with your characters. And Ponyu does such a good job of that because with Sosuke, he's just a five-year-old kid. Like, we're getting introduced to him, his family dynamic. Um, we early on get introduced to, like, his schoolmates and, and the dynamics he has there where he's notoriously bad for bringing stuff to school that he's not supposed to. He's got to hide Ponyo, but the senior citizens love him. Like, there's this whole city that lives and breathes and i feel that it makes the story live and breathe whereas to go back to mononoke like everything's kind of already predetermined at that point there's a war going on there's people who don't like people there's an iron village there's the gods and we're kind of just getting put in the middle of that to learn everything along with the characters at the time like yeah about what this god does or what happens but with Ponyo, it's more of like an adventurous journey. Like we're we're kind of the parrot on Sosuke's shoulder there, just along for the ride. He's like trying to save Ponyo. She's reverting back to her fish form. What's he gonna do? What's she gonna do? And then story resolves itself. But mm-hmm. the the best part about Ponyo is that it does feel like a fully realized story that all the parts make sense and all the decisions make sense so yeah kind of dive into our like favorite characters and and favorite moments like we look at just the cast alone so like sosuke's dad is voiced by matt damon yep his mom is voiced by tina fey uh ponyo's mom is voiced by kate blanchett yes fujimoto's liam neeson (laughs) um when we start going into yeah, Betty White. Uh, the, Can't forget Betty yeah, White. Yeah, Betty White is one of the senior citizens. Yeah. If you don't know who Betty White is, I'm sorry that you've made it this far in life. Go watch Golden Girls. Or that one episode of Community. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're wrong. Um, and then uh, one of the other senior citizens is Cloris Leachman. 
Um, if you're not familiar with who that is, there was a show that came out on Fox a very long time ago called Raising Hope. She's the grandma on Raising Hope who is constantly senile and then has moments of lucidity where whenever she is lucid, she can do like, she knows how to fix the car. She knows like cabinetry. She knows like basic house repairs. So they're always trying to like monopolize the grandma when she's sane. (laughs) But again, Cloris Leachman has a whole other bevy of roles that I'm not even touching on because she's she's an amazing actress. You should look her up too. But again, it is a stacked cast and very different than a lot of animated films where when they have casts that aren't used to voice roles, you can really hear it. People kind of read the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And there's no inflection on the words or there's like, instead of like, hey, hello there, what's going on? It's, hi, hello there, what's going on? It's like how it's, people normally talk. Right. It's and you, when you have Tina Fey as Lisa the mom, like, her interacting with Sosuke and how she talks to Sosuke, like, I'm not sure if at the time Tina Fey had kids then, because I, I know she has a daughter, at least one, who is, she has called her her mini-me, because she acts like her too. Um you can tell like she's she's talked to a five-year-old before she has the same kind of motherly beach patterns and and like okay like honey i'm 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 trying to take this turn right now like i don't care about your fish like yeah. let's get you to school kind of thing but again like to touch on all of those voice actors like or actors doing voices it, it's such a benefit for a dub whereas i think in the past like Ghibli is the exception, but in the past of other films being dubbed uh, from foreign countries, we're like, we've been burned, and that's like a bigger discussion for later, but Ghibli's been on such a wall at this point with Ponyo being so well done that, like, I have hopes for for their newest film when it does come out that it will be well done. Or even, you know what, maybe if we just leave it as Japanese and watch it as the original, like, I'd be fine with that too, because that's the source material. But again, I dive too far in. Who was your favorite? <laughs> oh gosh, that's so hard. Um, I to to set this up though, I I want to touch on what you were just talking about in terms of like the comparison with Ponyo and Princess Mononoke. And I I agree. I, I would I would word it slightly differently because in my mind with Ponyo, we are we are as viewers joining an already established family dynamic city work experience life experience you know these characters have defined personalities and and there is growth but you're you're not watching the evolution so to speak of a character whereas in most other films you're kind of getting brought in and you are you are growing along with the character right like princess mononoke is is that's the case for um, our arguably main character, who's the prince, who like goes through the ordeal of fighting the the demon, getting cast out from his 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 clan, having to travel to find a cure, meeting Princess Mononoke, fighting in this war that he was just sort of thrust into, and you know going going through the all these life experiences in a matter of like 
you know, two, three, four years or however long it was, right? Like that was a journey we were along with from the very beginning where you're you're having to watch someone develop, see someone evolve into who they eventually become at the end. Um, and that's personality and everything alike. Nothing wrong with that. Again, that's sort of like what we would expect from movies. Ponyo, though, is the situation where, like you said, like we're kind of like this parrot on the shoulder that's like flies in. It's like, hey, what you guys doing today? And we're just along for the ride. We tag along. We we're like this is just a journey. We're already on day five thousand eight hundred and seventy-two of this kid's life or whatever it is, right? Like we're this is something that we are just here and enjoying as things progress. And I kind of like that piece because it adds to the fact that this is more of a slice of life, relaxing type adventure where, you know, you're not going to have your hero, your hero arc. You're not going to have this like huge defining moment for this character. Albeit there is one, I guess, for Sosuke, but it's not to the gravity that you would expect in other films. And so that and that's all to say though that it's it's so hard to find one character that I really enjoy because okay. they all have these these really fun, interesting, unique personalities and and how they interact with one another is also very unique to those in those characters, right? Like the way that Lisa, Sosuke's mom, talks to and interacts with the retired folk is wildly different than how Sosuke does because she works at the retirement home and Sosuke is, you know, he's a little kid. You're, you expect, like, the the elderly woman to treat him like a little grandkid, um, except for Toki, who's just a croon, raggy old bitch. <laughs> makes the world's ending every other day of the every week. Every other day. Call her out for it. <laughs> yeah. And she's not even the senile one. Um, yeah. But, like, and then, like, watching even Sosuke and his mom because uh, one of the scenes that I love is when he Ponyo gets taken back by Fujimoto, and so he's just in complete distraught, like crying, can't you know, won't smile, and he gets back in the car, and he's just he looks as though he had just woken up from being just absolutely blitz from the night before, uh, and he's just eating an ice cream cone, but in the the saddest manner. Like, <laughs> like when a when a kid's throwing a temper tantrum and you try to cheer him oh, up by yeah. getting ice cream and they like they don't eat it they just kind of go, Ugh, like do like a little like pretend lick and like they don't even you're like are you even eating it you little shit it's melting everywhere don't you get one drop on my car you're going out the window, um, and he's just like trying to hold back tears and licking it and but but Lisa is like give me a lick as she's peeling around corners takes a, like, like a reaching over like just give me give me a little bit lick yeah and she just goes home and takes a huge piece out like that's that's, that's cute to see right it's that's what you'd expect from a mom and her five-year-old and then when ponyo gets introduced it's again like she doesn't ask questions she doesn't ask why this chicken looking girl became a girl but was originally a fish she is now in her home now she's like yeah well the, sure going with the going going in stride you know nothing phases me uh, and treats her just like how she treats Sosuke too. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so hard to find like one character. I mean, truthfully, I think I'd give it to Lisa, not just that she has 
arguably like the second most screen time in the movie, but um, just she embodies what you'd expect out of a mom. Like every, <laughs> she's responsible, she's caring, she's loving, she's strict, uh, and you know, level-headed. It's just it's 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 fun to see a character like this, and she's still you know she's still human, right? Like it's not like she's impervious to everything, but she definitely gives this air of being like a super mom, which is you know it's that's the type of character you you root for and you want to love. So I I just I find her to be hilarious and um i would love to see her in her next showing of a movie in which she is just a rally car <laughs> driver she's the new uh well initial d is coming back with a <laughs> deja vu a, yeah with a spiritual successor kind of a weird show it's interesting anyways um i also wanted to touch on two unique things i found uh just hmm. while watching so when ponyo's like sneaking around uh and doing her thing trying to escape at one point, we see Fujimoto's, like, bedroom on his submarine, and we see that he has, like, two different striped suits that are just, like, blue stripes and pink stripes hanging huh. on his wall. And then later on in the movie, because, like, uh, in the first act, he's wearing the blue stripes with a coat over him. So, mm-hmm. so it's like... But in the final act, he's actually wearing the red striped suit. So it's like he took time to change, number one. But it's, it's I mean, cute. Even under the water, I assume his clothes get dirty, you know? Yeah, I, with something or other. Yeah. And then... Must um, be a hell to dry clean them, though. Um, the one thing I also found while I was digging around into, like, production notes and things, because I liked the animation so much, um, Studio Ghibli actually shut their computer animation department down during this film. So they said that they wanted more hand-drawn things... And rather than using, uh, like, CGI to show a ship going from, like, the distance from the horizon and then appearing closer and making that, like, easier to do, uh, they're like, no, we're going to hand-draw these things. So what he recommended was hand-drawing, like, cell by cell, and it would, like, have a predefined perspective and things. But he wanted the ships to appear um, drawn in frame by frame. So instead of kind of using a stencil and having like this is my ship and here it is in frame one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and it's the same like perspective size and everything you just see a ship scroll across yeah he made them like hand draw them frame by frame because he wanted it to be more authentic so shout out to the team that handled that yeah Honestly, like you see it really early in the film, you see the shifts and they look a little funky and you're like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. But then now that I had like revealed the man behind the curtain, um, it's it's cool to know that that was intentional. It wasn't that that's... they were like trying to do something. Yeah, that's crazy. Make the film wonderful. So all in all, I said this before we started recording, but Ponyo for me is in my top three. I love this film. It makes me happy every time I watch it. And just the fact that someone gets as excited for ham as I do in real ham! life. Doesn't does in an animated film just warms my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Ponyo is is definitely a top five. I think um I I, I know people are probably sick of me always saying this. Because I know I don't only really say this on the Bakunko uh podcast. I say it on Baka Bites all the time as well. Um but animation shouldn't be like the driving force behind why a movie's 
good. It can certainly factor into it. And I think in this case, Ponyo is, is definitely a, a case for where animation would factor in quite heavily uh, in terms of the quality of the movie. From the standpoint that it, it has some of the most unique animation I've ever seen. And I, I really, I've been trying to figure out how to describe it ever since watching it last night and even during, you know, our recording. And I, I can't come up with any good word, but if you can, you know, feel free to add one. But they, they have a consistent kind of style throughout the entire movie when they're capturing the waves, capturing water boiling in a pot, Yep. capturing like very small detailed things it's always the same style where everything's got this like almost viscous texture to it where it's like it doesn't flow like water it's more like i don't know it's got like some solidness to it like when the waves go, you're not seeing like this, like the foam and the crashing. You're seeing like these big bubbly things kind of splooshing over. Uh, when the water boils, it's not like a typical boil where you're seeing these bubbles. It's like these weird, like jelly style ripples to it. And it's this, it, it, it's the style that's used for like everything throughout the whole movie. And I love it. Like I love the fact that they they found this one aesthetic that they're like, this fits Ponyo as like the water, you know, it's all based in the ocean and it's magical. So like, how do we, how do we take these two things? One being very kind of on the surface, no, no pun intended in this case, on the surface plane <laughs> in the ocean, right? Like how much can you capture waves rolling and, and, you know, you know, the sea foam crashing into the beach or the, the dock sides and whatever, or like hitting the sides of boats, like how many times and how different ways can you capture that without it looking like too awkward? It's like, it's kind of hard, but you have this magical element to it, right? Where, where things start to become more fantastical. And so you have a little bit of creative freedom to do, to, to do with it. And they went above and beyond what I think most people would. Like, the scene, again, where Ponyo's riding on top of the waves. Like, it, it's not just the fish becoming the waves. It's how they're being formed. And, like, in the background, you're seeing, like, these huge, weird-shaped waves that are, again, like, it's like watching jelly swish around. It's oh, really yeah. funky. But it, it, you're like it doesn't seem unnatural to the movie because it's like, this is, it's magic. Like it's, it's so over the top that it fits it perfectly. But again, it's the fact that they use that exact style and aesthetic throughout the film that I, I really appreciate because I felt like it, it made it seem less fantastical, right? Like all, all the ways that they were able to imagine the, the, states of water throughout the film was just so intriguing and that style being applied to a lot of different aspects of the movie was so in like it just kind of blew my my mind in, in how they did it so um again that is not the main reason why i have ponyo in my top five don't worry i'm not gonna i'm trying not to be hypocritical uh but again it does weigh into the the rating but i i would say this was 
one of the few Miyazaki films that you didn't have to ask a lot of questions. You didn't have to make a lot of conjectures as to what's going on. It had a great pace to it. It had, albeit a strange ending, but an ending nonetheless. And it was something that was just really enjoyable from the very start to the very end. It It's just, it's one of those films where I feel like if you if you just need something to put on, whether it's a bad day or whether, you know, it's a, you know, just want something relaxing. I, Ponyo is is definitely one to to fix that problem and and calm your nerves and treat you to something that's just super adorable. And plus, it's got a girl that just loves ham. I mean, what what more could you ask for <laughs> in a character than someone who just would die for ham? Oh. So yeah, it's in my it's in my top five for sure. It's it's a very very good Studio Ghibli Ghibli film. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening to us today, and we want to thank Akano on SoundCloud for our theme song. If you have any suggestions on what we should watch next, please send an X our way, or you can just email us at bakakopodcast at gmail it, Thanks for coming out, called, everybody. Why aren't they called excerpts? <laughs> why aren't they called excerpts? Why I don't know, because that would be forward thinking, and that would, would require be. someone with a lot of money to actually do research. Oh, man. The rich. The rich. The ocean <laughs> should just eat them up. I'm just, eat I'm the just rich. Gonna say. That's, that's the story of Ponyo. Yeah. It, it, if they're ham. Yeah. If they're it's, ham. Yeah. yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everybody. Everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Back up! Back up!